This episode of the Close to the Heart podcast has been rated M for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a union worker, I'm a professional wrestler, I'm a promoter. This is my show. And on here we are going to tackle a number of different topics. Pulse to the Heart Podcast. We could be talking about sports, we could be talking about pop culture, we could be talking about professional wrestling. But above all else, we are going to talk about how we can go through life to make a positive difference for ourselves and for those in and around our lives. Welcome to the Close to the Heart Podcast. Welcome to my show. This is the Close to the Heart Podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. Hey everybody, welcome to the Klaus to the Heart podcast. I'm Jason Klaus, and of course this show is brought to you by the fine folks at Anchor.fm. We certainly appreciate everything that they do that makes this show possible each and every week. I certainly hope that you all are doing good, you're doing well, you're healthy, you're safe, um, we're coming off of, of Valentine's Day here a couple of days ago. I'm going to talk more about that l- later on in the program. In the second segment, I've got s- something of a, um, a commentary, I guess, for the lack of a better term. It's going to get a little raw because I'm a little fired up about it, but we're going to save that for later on in the show. Uh, the one thing I want to I, I want to tackle on here this week on the podcast is, um, you know, I, I look for, for different quotes or sayings or signs or things of this nature that is going to resonate with me and in turn would make a decent topic for any, any week's podcast. And I, uh, I came across one and it, and it resonated with me. And I think it will be, you know, with you as well, because it can be applied to virtually every aspect of our lives. And when I read this to you, you're going to automatically think of like the sports genre just because of the way it's written. But I'm going to explain why. It doesn't have to be regulated to just sports. It can be applied to just about every aspect of our lives and the various people that we come in contact with. Winners are not people who never fail, but people who never quit. Allow me to read that again. Winners are not people who never fail, but they are people who never quit. Now, anytime you hear the word winners, or on the flip side of that, losers, 
uh, generally winners, that's applied to sports, right? Because, you know, in any major sport, you know, there's, there's a winner and there is a loser. And, you know, we as, you know, when we were younger, we generally aspired to be famous, popular, successful, a champion, number one, the best at something. It's just in, in our nature. When we are young and we are uninfluenced by the outside you know, sources of, of the world in which we live, you know, it comes down to winning and losing, right? I mean, any game that we've played, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be on a court, a field, or, or, or otherwise. It could be basically playing a game of checkers. It could be family night around a, a Monopoly board because somebody's got to win. And subsequently, somebody's got to lose. Now, this can be applied to just about every aspect of life, like I said. Not just sports. Not just any other form of entertainment realm. You know, if you have aspirations of being like an actor, an actress, a singer-songwriter, best-selling author world-renowned painter, um, you know, these, these, are, these are generally occupations or, or standings that is known around the world or known around the country. Because I think just about all of us, at one time or another, when we were growing up, we looked for role models in our lives, and, and a lot of us, you know, we, we flocked to the rich and the famous, these athletes who are winning multiple championships in their respective sport, or the actor or actress that is knocking down year-end awards for best performances, same thing, you know, can be said about musicians. You know, the Grammy Awards are huge. The American Music Awards are huge. At one time, the MTV Awards were a thing. And I, and I realize in that aspect that there are still MTV Awards. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, and anybody that's in my, in my age bracket can attest to the fact that the MTV that you guys have now is a far cry from the MTV that we had as kids. Far cry. Because back then, back in my day, when I was growing up, MTV actually stood for music television. You know, with videos and concerts and things of this nature. Aspiring musicians would sit in front of the television for hours on end. You know, listening and studying and watching these videos. And they want to be on that big stage one day. They want to be the ones that headline world tours. If you're more of a sports-minded individual, you want to be you know, in, in a starting position in, in a Super Bowl, a World Series, the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, 
Um, you know, for me, what you know, as you know, big shocker, I know this is going to be, but you know, I wanted to be on the card of, of WrestleMania. Um, you know, we all, my, my point is, is that we all have these goals and these dreams of being a winner, but it doesn't necessarily have to be regulated to just a worldwide phenomenon. It doesn't have to be regulated to just being, you know, rich and famous that everybody in the country or, or, or the entire world knows who you are. It can be more localized. It doesn't even have to be part of a sport or entertainment entity. A lot of your role models may have been your teachers. They may have been scientists. They may have been a police officer, a fireman, an EMT. Something that resonated with you to your very core. And when you figure out as you get older who you want to be when you grow up, what kind of life do you want do you want to live? Just about all of us want to be number one at something. And how does that happen? Yes, you can study from sun up till sundown. Yes, you can spend hours upon hours in the gym lifting every single plate that 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 place holds to try to get your body in better shape. Yes, you can practice for for days on a, on what you think is a masterpiece with nothing more than a blank canvas, a variety of paint colors and a brush. You may in your mind have what you think is to be the next best seller book. So you sit in front of a computer screen and you type out this elaborate story that's been running around your head. You're trying to get it down on paper or get it into a computer. But it doesn't... It, it Anybody that achieves any level of success, you know, and you've heard multiple... I'm sure multiple stories of your heroes, of your role models, of your influences, of how their road to the top or the, or their their journey to get to where they want to be in terms of some some degree of 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 success was met with unforeseen, you know, challenges, roadblocks, obstacles. You've heard me talk about this many, many times here on the program. This is just another way of tackling it. And I would dare suggest that there, that every single person who has achieved any level of success that is the best of their particular genre, sport, entertainment, public relations, politics, uh, public safety, any, anything under the sun. When there is something of a quote-unquote pecking order and a best is established, those men and women got to where they are because they had 
a unique trait that is shared among all of them. It may come in different forms. It may come in different sizes. It may come in different shapes. It may come in, in, in different areas based solely on that individual. But they all have one trait. And what is that? It is a winning attitude. It is the attitude that said that they will take whatever is thrown at them. And they will utilize that as their fuel, as their motivation to overcome whatever is haltering their, their progress to get to where they are. That is a winning attitude. Because I don't know of too many quote-unquote winners or the best of something that simply scampered off into a corner because things did not go their way and they still achieved that level of success. Generally speaking, unless their position was handed to them on a silver platter with minimal effort, not one successful person had a losing attitude. Not one. There may, there may have been days, weeks, months, or years where they were in this funk to where they could not overcome what whatever threw that roadblock in front of them that halted their momentum. But instead of pissing and moaning and crying and coming up with every excuse under the sun and in turn trying to blame everybody else for their shortcomings, they adopted a winning attitude. They adopted a mindset that told that they told themselves that they will not settle for second best. It does not register in their vocabulary. Because they know if they are going to be the best at anything, they are going to have to fight, scratch, and claw their way to the top. And it's going to be a long, long time. It's going to be a lot of scratching and clawing and, and putting in the hard work to get to where they need to be. And in some cases, it's, it's as much of, of a, a mental exercise as it is a physical one. Especially for those individuals, those of you who aspire to be something other than an athlete or an entertainer, something that you, that you are passionate about, something that you can feel it in the very core of your being. You want to be a teacher that makes a difference in a child's life. You want to be a, a, a police officer that helps keep your community safe or a firefighter or a scientist that is on the cusp of a major breakthrough that is going to be beneficial for everybody else walking the earth. These things do not happen with a losing attitude. Winning and losing is one of the basic fundamentals of life. Because no matter what genre that we're talking about here, to be the best at something, that means you have won at something, and there's a whole lot of people 
behind you or underneath you that have not achieved that level of success that you enjoy. In turn, you may be on the bottom looking up. You see the mountaintop of what, whatever genre or activity that you are passionate about. You know to get to the top of the mountain, you are going to have to, you're going to, have to do a lot of climbing. And it's going to take every bit of your, of your strength, mentally, physically, and emotionally. That happens by having a winning attitude. You have to tell yourself, you have to convince yourself that you deserve that spot. You are going to earn that spot and be damned anybody that is going to throw any kind of boulder or obstacle in your way. Because generally when that happens, that is the same individual that has the, a very similar mindset that they want that top spot. They want that spot that you covet, that you are working for. What are you going to do when, when you are met with a similar challenge or when you are met by a challenger who has the same goals in mind? Are you just going to step to the side and let them you know, continue their trek all the way to the top of the mountain? I kind of highly doubt it. Not if you are serious about achieving that goal, about achieving that level of success, of notoriety. It starts in your mind. It's fueled by your heart. A lot of times our heart and our drive will push us when our minds and our bodies want to stop or they are starting to show significant signs of, of fatigue. Nobody's got time for that. Nobody's got time for that because, you know, we, now granted, we all have to take time to kind of recharge our batteries, right? We, 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 we push ourselves so hard, so fast, with reckless abandon, with little sleep, little food, little water. Because in our minds, we think that if, if we take that opportunity to try to recharge our batteries, to refuel the machine that, that, is, that is taking us to the mountaintop, that we are wasting ample opportunity. And that allows somebody else to leapfrog you on the same path. Newsflash. Eventually, we will start breaking down, and whether we want to or not, whether our minds and our hearts want us to or not, our bodies will provide the break it needs, whether we want it to or not. That is just basic fundamentals. Nothing you can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. We are not machines. We are not powered by electricity or gasoline. We are flesh and bone. There is blood running through our veins. There is air that comes in and out of our lungs. 
That's what powers our, our machines. And if we don't take time throughout the course of our journey to allow our our individual bodies, our machines to reboot, recharge, eventually, and more often than not, at the most inopportune time, shutdown happens. There's nothing wrong. Doesn't make you a loser if you need to rest. When you start feeling that way, that's your body telling you, you you have to reboot, you have to recharge. Now, where the problem comes is that when, when that reboot period, instead of being a temporary thing, starts to become more of a permanent thing because you've lost your momentum. Or you've become discouraged because somebody may have taken a step or two ahead of you. But those people, unless they're cyborgs, are going to have to rest too. It goes back to that old fable. You know, the tortoise and the hare. There's a lot of truth to that. But it's also a very crucial learning tool as to why you cannot rest on your laurels. Furthermore, if you are encountered with a roadblock or some sort of obstacle in your way, you got to figure out a way to overcome it. I mean, you just got to, or you will always be number two. You'll never get to the top if, if, if you just accept the fact that things did not go your way. Now, there are, there are cases, there are circumstances when the odds are just so insurmountable that it forces us to maybe refocus or readjust our ultimate goal. That may put us on a different path, one that we didn't even think about previously. But who knows? It could lead you down a new journey that is going to be a hell of a lot more fulfilling with a greater amount of, of success than the one that you were on. Regardless of what you want to do in life, regardless of who you want to be, I mean, unless... Unless you have aspirations of being a butthole and all you want to do is lie, cheat, and steal your way to, to, to the top because that's not genuine. That's manufactured. That's not organic. That's forced. And there's a big difference in the level of, of success when you compare the success stories that are organic Versus the ones that that are forced, that are manufactured, the ones that are easily handed to you. You've heard me say a thousand times on this show, things that are easily handed to you are just as easily, if not more, taken away. 
You have to adopt a winning mentality. You have to tell yourself, convince yourself that you are a winner and you are deserving of that top spot. And you will fight as hard as you have to for as long as you have to against whoever you have to to get to where you want to be in this life. Because the world meets nobody halfway. It's one of, one of my favorite quotes of one of my favorite movies. The world meets nobody halfway. If you want it, you got to go get it. But it's not going to happen if you're half-assing it throughout your entire journey. It just won't happen. You may get glimpses of it. You may get a taste of it. But you're not, you're, you're not going to have the whole pie. You're going to get a small piece of the crust with maybe, just maybe, a hint of that fruit filling. It's a ridiculous metaphor, and I understand, but if, but if you think about it, you'll know that I'm right. You may have encountered these very thoughts on your road to where you want to be. You may have been on your journey for two, five, eight, 15 years, and you're just now starting to make headway. It's because you know in your heart of hearts, you know in your mind, you know within every fiber of your being, you are worthy of being number one. You are worthy of being a champion. You are worthy of being the best. And if you listen to every single critic that that pokes at you, that prods at you, that tells you why you can't be number one, then you have adopted a losing mentality and you will go nowhere. You will always be second best. And if that's the kind of life that you aspire to be, then you're going to, you are going about it the right way. But my question to you is, if you do not have the aspirations of being number one, then what in the hell is the point of even putting in the effort? You might as well just go apply at, at the McDonald's and, and make Big Macs for, for six hours a day. That's not to say anything disparaging against the, against the folks that, that make the Big Macs. But I'd be willing to bet that if I was to pull every single person that works at a McDonald's, the last thing that they're going to tell me that their dream is to be is a lifelong employee with the golden arches. I seriously doubt that would be a thing. And if it is a thing, I would suggest that they reevaluate their goals in life. It doesn't matter if you want to be a world-class athlete. It doesn't matter if you want to be a multi-platinum selling artist, musician, or a multiple-time Oscar winner for acting. If you want to be cop of the year, 
If you want to go to the highest office in this nation, and that being the President of the United States of America, the leader of the free world, if that's something that you are wholeheartedly passionate about, then you have to tell yourself, you have to train yourself that you are worthy of that spot. Because you will never achieve anything with anything less than number one. Regardless of what area, what job, what career, what entity you choose as your passion. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with more of the Klaus of the Heart podcast right after this break. Hey, we're going to take a break here from this week's episode of the Klaus of the Heart podcast. And I want to ask you a question. Are you looking for a photographer, somebody to capture one of your life's greatest moments? Anything from weddings to senior pictures to family portraits. I want to tell you about my friend Dana Waiter who has started her own photography business. And if you go to her website right now, callistophotos.com, you can see a sample of the amazing work that Dana does. She is professional and she is awesome. And I highly endorse her. So if you are looking to capture these moments on camera and have these memories preserved for a lifetime, check out callistophotos.com. Welcome back to the Klaus of the Heart podcast, powered by Anchor.fm. Um, real quick, before I go into this next segment here, um, we have a new premiere, or a premiere, I guess I should say, of a new episode of the Klaus of the Heart show on YouTube. It premieres this Thursday at 7 p.m. Just go to YouTube.com, look for Klaus to the Heart the story of two wolves, which was uh, inspired by a meme that was posted by a friend of mine named Kristen Snyder, and uh, I asked for her permission if I could use that as a topic of the of th- this week's YouTube show. She graciously agreed to it, so um, I do something of a deep dive into it, into the moral of the story and how it can be applied to everyday life so check that out it's a it's a it's a cool story very short story but it has a pretty impactful message behind it so uh this thursday evening at 7 p.m on the Klaus to the heart channel over on youtube.com and um this next segment here, I'm going to go off the rails a little bit, self-admittedly, because it's something I get pretty fired up about, and it happens each and every time of the year now, the here and now. Every year at this time, this becomes a thing. And every year, I elect not to just 
do everything that I say that that you shouldn't do, and especially when you are engaging um, misinformed people on the internet when they get a um, a news article of some sort. More often than not, it has nothing to do with them. It has they don't know anything about what they're talking about in terms of the the stupid bullshit that that they post in relation to whatever the headline may be. I take great offense to this one because a, a lot of it, a lot of the crap that's written are personal digs on me, not me specifically, but me generally as a member of the UAW. Now, and I understand, I guess, in, in one aspect, why this is a thing, because I work for one of the big three, and it's a publicly traded company, and when you work for a pub, a publicly traded company, you got to have all of your inner workings out for the whole world to see, and in this day and age, to comment on. I'm talking specifically about the annual announcement of what the profit-sharing checks are. And every year it comes out that GM or Ford or Chrysler made X amount of money in profit, and because of the contracts that they have with the UAW workers, this is how much each employee gets as part of of a profit-sharing bonus, right? You've seen it. I'm sure many of you have commented on it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are cool with everything. They, you know, they're very, very professional. They're very gracious. They're very respectful, you know, in, in how they go about with with their two cents because everybody's got to put their two cents in. And then you get these misinformed assholes that, that will sit behind a computer or tap away on their little smartphones and how we don't deserve, you know, a profit sharing and how we're spoiled and all we do is sit around in big cushy chairs and push buttons for eight hours a day and the next thing you know, we're getting thousands of dollars back and it's part of this uh, profit sharing bonus. Well, I take great exception to that. I take a great exception to that on my behalf as well as as the behalf of all my union brothers and sisters. The ones who spend, at least in, in my experience, and I know that this is not universal or uniform across every single manufacturing plant in the United States, you know, every plant's different. It, it, it all depends on what they're building. It all depends on what company they work for. It all depends on how everything is structured. But in my personal instance, in my personal case, I know without a shadow of a doubt, it is undisputable, undisputable, that many of the people that like to talk smack about 
the whole profit sharing thing at the end of the day could not, would not, and will not lace my shoes because they don't have the work ethic. They don't have the mentality because there may have been a time a long time ago where the ill-conceived notion that that auto workers are lazy entitled people you know i've heard i've heard the stories from from years past from generations past of what things were like but i can also tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the things the way things are now are nowhere near what they were back then because i am an auto worker i work 6 days a week on the assembly line for one of the big 3 and at the end of every single shift I come home barely able to move my fingers. My hands are swollen. As as I sit here and record this right now, I just came off a nine-hour shift. Working the assembly line for one of the big three. My hands are so swollen that I can barely grasp an ink pen. I have lost feeling in both of my thumbs. I cannot turn my head all the way, one way or the other, or look up as far as I I would like to because of the manual and physical toll that the kind of work that I do and the work that my brothers and sisters do takes on our bodies. Now, a lot of these jack-offs are ones that sit in their little offices or, you know, they, uh, they, they just, they don't have the work ethic or, or or the makeup to be able to sustain the kind of work that we do day in and day out. A lot of them don't work in 90 plus, you know, degree temperatures. In some cases, it gets a lot hotter. They don't have to be tied to the assembly line that if you have to take a leak during the course of your shift, you have to rely on somebody to come cover your job while you run to the can. They don't have that on their jobs. And that's fine. Look, I understand. I signed up for this. My brothers and sisters, they signed up for it. We knew what we were getting into. So I don't want to paint the picture that, you know, we walked into this thing blindfolded and we were blindsided by the things, the way things really are. No, I wouldn't do that. I know what I signed up for. That was my choice. Just like whatever you do was your choice. 
more often than not. But I'm not going to sit there and 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 bash an industry that I know nothing about. Whenever I see that some big executive got, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in bonuses and perks and company cars and all this other crap that that goes along with, with their job. I don't know what you do for a living, nor do you know what I do. So who in the fuck are you to question anything that we have coming to us? Nobody. I'll go ahead and answer it for you. Nobody. Because it takes a special individual. It takes a special frame of mind to be able to do what we do at the level in which we do it. So I take great exception to anybody that gets on social media, blasts our industry, and tells us that we don't deserve what we get in bonuses. We do deserve it. We work our asses off. We spend more time with our colleagues, our co-workers, and our union brothers and sisters than we do with our husbands, wives, and children. Proven fact. We don't have the luxury of making our own schedules. What is mandated is mandated, and we go in every single day with the tasked with the goal of producing a quality product. It is physically straining, it is mentally straining, it is emotionally straining. And I am a person who takes great pride in what I do. I take great pride in every time I sign in at the start of my shift and for the time that I am there until I sign out at the end of it. I take great pride in what I do. And I work hard for my paycheck, for my benefits, and for my bonuses, as does each and every other man and woman that is employed as an auto worker and subsequently a member of our union. And there's a lot of shit talking that goes on about about the UAW with all the reports of corruption and all that. Hey, we had nothing to do with that. That is from other individuals who are now paying the price for their individual, uh, uh, you know, their their choices, their decisions, the way they went about things. That ain't us. That wasn't us. We are, while we may be members of the UAW, we had no part in any of the alleged corruption that has been reported and has been sentenced on. That wasn't us. I take great offense to anybody that talks down to my union brothers and sisters, that talks down on our industry, an industry 
that is part of the very fabric of this country. What we build is what transports your ass to and from your job. And I've seen and I've heard and I've read the argument. You you can put a robot, you can put a monkey, you can put anything in these people's place to produce a, a quality vehicle. Bullshit. Bullshit. That could not be further from the truth. I would challenge anybody to take off your stupid little penny loafers, take off your little suit and ties, put on a pair of work shoes, a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, grab a pair of gloves, and let's do some serious work. And it's not just regulated to auto workers. There are many professions in this country that is represented by some sort of a union. Those unions are in place to to make sure that us employees, us workers, the backbone of these industries are taken care of and, and not abused or manipulated. That's what I chose to do. Nobody forced me into this. I went into this willingly, as did my brothers and sisters. And yes, I understand where jealousy is an ugly thing because that's at the root of, of, all, the, of all the bashing and the shit talking. It's jealousy. Because... We are in an industry that provides us an opportunity to get some of the kickback from the hard work that we put into it. Not every job, not every industry has that luxury, and I understand that. That's not my problem. That's not our fault. You chose your path. We chose ours. So I would think about that the next time you you decide you want to sit behind a keyboard or on your smartphone and start typing out a, a bunch of nonsense that at, at the end of the day, may, I mean, you can put all the fancy words you want in there. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference because at the end of the day, to those who know, you look like the biggest moron Walking among us. You look like an idiot. You sound like an idiot. Because you don't know. You don't know. You haven't done the research. You haven't you haven't walked a mile in our shoes. And I would dare say that you wouldn't even last a quarter of one. Before your manicured hands... Your pedicured feet give out on you. I got blisters. Pal, I got blisters on top of blisters that have become calluses the size of quarters on my hands and on my feet. I can't do this. This is too hard. You want to borrow my man hands? You want to borrow 
her her hands you want to you 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 can't because it's something called manual labor and not everybody is is built to handle that that kind of of situation so think about that before you go posting a bunch of stupid bullshit on social media because at the end of the day you do not know what the fuck you're talking about and you look and sound like an idiot. Rant over. So, with that, uh, we're going to take one more quick break. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap back around here on, on this episode. Uh, I'm going to read a pretty popular motivational story that we're going to close this week out with. Uh, many of you have probably heard it before. Um, I think it has a great message here, especially tied in with our first segment this week. So, so stick around. The final uh, segment of this week's podcast is right after this message. The all-new Close to the Heart website is up and running, and it is your one-stop place for everything under the Close to the Heart umbrella, from the YouTube show premieres to new episodes of the podcast and much, much more, including blogs and message boards and a link to our brand new merchandise store that is powered by cafepress.com if you are a fan of the show if you are a fan of what we are doing we certainly encourage you to check out the new klaus to the heart website just look for klaus to the heart.net for everything under the ctth umbrella and as always we certainly appreciate your continued support for everything that is close to the heart. All right, folks, we are back with the third and final segment this week. We certainly appreciate you tuning in and staying tuned in. I know I went off the rails there a little bit <laughs> uh, for the second segment, but we're going to kind of come back around here and trying to end things on a more positive, upbeat note. And I and I realize, look. Um, you know, I, I've kind of took a poll with some of my friends and those I respect, the ones that I know listen to the show and, you know, what I, and I asked them, what, what is your preferred format with the podcast? And you know, it, essentially, Close to the Heart was started to be motivational, to be inspirational, to kind of focus on the lighter things of, of in the world around us. But, you know, the one common thing that I got back a lot of feedback on was we want it to be more about how you feel or how I feel about things. You know, don't hold back because they can... Apparently, they, they can tell when I'm struggling with something and, you know, I'm trying to be as politically, you know, politically correct as I possibly can. Um, but, I mean, you, you, you take things that I'm passionate about and you start digging at them. And I, that, man, 
it wears on me after a while. And this, this ultimately is my avenue of release, right? Because we're not doing professional wrestling shows right now. I can't go into a wrestling ring and take my aggression out on, on, on an opponent that's staring at me from across the ring. COVID done fucked that up for, for the foreseeable future. But this is, <clears throat> this is my release. This is my avenue to, to let out some of this, this pent up aggravation that, that I have. You know, there's, there's plenty of it. <laughs> I can tell you that. But, um, you know, I certainly don't want to end the show on, on a sour note. So I'm going to do something a little, we're going to continue with these these uh, motivational stories that I come across. And I think, oh, man, I think this would resonate. <coughs> Pardon me. This one, this one that I'm going to end the show on this week. This is this is a pretty popular one. This is one that you probably may have heard at some point or another. And if you haven't, well, then you're in for a real treat. If you have, maybe this may jar um, a, a memory or two, and how it can apply to you. It's called elephant rope. <clears throat> and a gentleman was walking through an, an elephant camp and he spotted that the elephants weren't being kept in cages or held by the use of chains. All that was holding them back from escaping the camp was a small piece of rope tied to one of their legs. As the man gazed upon the, the elephants, he was completely confused as to why the elephants didn't use their strength to break the rope and escape the camp. They could have easily done so, but instead they didn't try at all. Out of curiosity and wanting to know the answer, he asked a trainer nearby why the elephants were just standing there and never tried to escape. The trainer replied, When they were very young and much smaller, we used the same size rope to tie them, and at that age, it's enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are, they, are they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free. The only reason that the elephants weren't breaking free and escaping from the camp was that over time they adopted the belief that it just wasn't possible. The moral of the story no matter how much the world tries to hold you back, always continue with the belief that you want to achieve, that what you want to achieve is possible. Believing you can become successful is the most important step in actually achieving it. I just thought that this particular story was one that would uh would tie in pretty well especially with the the first topic that we tackled this week so the point is is don't let the world around you dictate to you how successful you can be 
If you want it bad enough, you're going to have to flex your muscles. If you want it bad enough, you're going to have to find a way to break free from these proverbial chains that are trying to hold you back, to hold you in place. Use the strength from within to break free and to be who you want to be and to go where you want to go. It's a simple story, but it's a pretty powerful one. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I certainly appreciate you taking time to give the show a listen. And uh, like I said, we have a new episode of the YouTube show that premieres this Thursday at 7 p.m., The Tale of Two Wolves. I think you'll enjoy it. And then we will be back here next Tuesday at midnight for a brand new episode of the podcast. And for everything under the CTTH umbrella, check out our official website at KlausToTheHeart.net. So with that, be awesome to yourselves and to each other. And we will see you right here next week on the Klaus to the Heart podcast powered by Anchor.fm.